Have you ever woke up one day and said there has to be more? God has been calling us to more. I say this every Sunday for the last, I don't know how many weeks. He's calling us to more than just an ordinary life. He is calling us to more than an ordinary Christian life. He is calling us to make a difference. He's calling us to make an impact in the Sioux Falls area. And I believe that even this morning is just a taste of what God has coming. It's just a taste. You know, it's like, it's like eating a Lay's potato chip. You get one and you just can't stop eating them. You just get a taste this morning. And if that doesn't make you hungry for more, nothing will. More, God, more. More, more, God, more. Just keep it coming, God. I'm hungry for more. Shared with you last week that I'm beginning a series on being a warrior. It's time for us to take up the cause of Christ like the warriors he is calling us to be. It's time to go all in or get out. Either we're all in with him or we're not. Revelation says that I would that you neither be cold nor hot. I would wish you were not either one, but, or not cold or lukewarm, but I would spew you out of my mouth. You've got to, I don't want you in the middle. Either you're in or you're out. And God wants us to be warriors. He wants us to get ready. He wants us to be part of an army. He's called us to be part of an army of the living God. And he wants us to be part of the army that's going to make an impact and a difference in this time and this moment in history. We were called for such a time as this. And now is the time to rise up and be the warrior, to be the people that God has called us to be. And it starts with our heart. If we want to be warriors, if we want to experience God to give us more, then it starts with our heart. Last week we talked about the fact that God wants to give us a new heart because Jeremiah tells us that our heart is what? Above all, deceitfully wicked. God is calling us. God is calling us. take care of our heart. This week, we're going to talk about heart again. It's kind of interesting that it fell during Valentine's Day, totally unintended. Actually, I was supposed to preach the whole message last week, but God didn't want that either. So you just got one point last week. That's probably all you're going to get this week.
But as long as it's going to be Valentine's Day, I guess I could put in this plug. Husbands, spoil your wife this week. It's Tuesday, by the way. Wives, guys like to be spoiled too. Don't forget us. And I thought I would spoil you this morning, so I have a treat for you. So I need some help handing these out. Everybody gets a bag, but don't touch them yet. Don't open them. Don't eat them. Because once I'm done with the once I'm done with the lesson, you can you can uh, you can have. But everybody needs a bag. Make sure everybody gets a bag. I need a bag, Scott. <laughs> Hope that made the video. So I brought you some hearts today. As we talk about the heart, we often use the heart to describe people and who they are. We often say they have this type of heart or that type of heart. Sometimes we say they have a sweet heart. Sometimes we say they have a hard heart. Sometimes we say, oh, they're so soft-hearted. We have all kinds of ways of explaining. And so I brought you some, a variety of hearts this morning. Did everybody get one? Should be enough. Friday night, we spent the whole evening putting them together. Hey, it takes a long time to put them together. Got to open the bag, and then you got to seal the bag. (laughs) I got to count. Everybody got one? All right. So if you find a heart in there that's shiny, don't take that one out. But you can take any other heart out of there except the red one. Just, a, just one of those conversation hearts. The first heart we're going to talk about is a sweetheart. You know, sometimes you have a sweet heart, a tender heart that's just sweet. And people just say, you know, that person has such a sweet heart, sweet spirit about them. And so there's those type of people. So you have that kind of heart. So you can eat that one. The second one is, the second one is the shiny heart. You should have a shiny heart with no, with maybe, oh, I guess it does have a word on it, but it's just really shiny. A little bit bigger than the other ones, a little bit skinnier. It's a shiny heart. It's a, this one, people say that, you've ever met somebody that just has a sour heart? They're just like, mm. They're just a little bit not, they've had life has gotten to them and they're just a little sour so you can eat that one. That's a sweet tart. So I don't know if it's going to, how sour they are. I didn't try them. Ooh. 
We need to move on fast. Now there's, there's some people who have a hard heart. Now I don't think I gave you a really hard one. Maybe that sweet tart was about as hard as I was going to get. I was going to try to find some really hard um, red hots or something, but I couldn't find any. They were hard. You're hard-hearted. You're hard as a rock. You break your teeth when you, when you chew them. And there's so many people who have a hard heart who can't even feel emotions, can't feel what life is, can't understand anything, can't be affected by anything. And then there's people who have a soft heart. The red one. The big red one. It's nice and chewy. And hopefully it takes away the taste of the last one. Much better. But it's a soft heart. Tender. That's like, you know, when you're watching Hallmark movies and your wife cries. Yeah, that's the soft heart. I don't cry at Hallmark movies. I don't watch Hallmark movies if I can. I'll help it. And then there's people who have a bitter heart. And you really never know what you're going to get when you bite into them. They're out to make everybody else miserable. They're out to make everybody else's life miserable. And when you bite into it, you would be miserable. There's a game out there that has these candies that you eat, and you don't know what they are, and they're really nasty flavors. I was really looking for them so I could put them in your bag for you, but I didn't do that. There's, there's no bad ones in your bag, unless you don't like something in your bag, but it's normally, they're not, they weren't intended to be bad. You can eat those, the rest of those as your morning goes on. Where's your heart at this morning? What heart would somebody describe you as today? Would somebody say that you've got that soft heart that God can speak into and turn and move and work through you? Or do you have that hard heart that's just, I'm set in my ways, I'm selfish, I'm centered on me, and I don't want anything else and nobody's going to affect me? Or do you have that bitter heart? You know, I've often thought about how people describe us. How would people describe, you know, when, when we sit around and we talk about people, which you really shouldn't do, I suppose, but people do that, right? Um, you say, oh, that person has such a, this type of heart, or they're like this, or they're that kind of person. And you say, what did people say about me? You know, I don't really want to know, so nobody tell me, please. But what do they say? And I, I got thinking about this, of all the hearts that we talked about, the one that I probably didn't talk about was the one that I want to be known for, and that's a heart after God. I want a God's heart. I want his heart. I want to be said of me that was said of David, there was a man after God's heart. That's what it's about. God, transform me. Transform me. Transform my heart. And so with that as a measurement tool this morning, where is your heart at today? 
How is your heart doing? We're going to be in Ephesians and Proverbs again like we were last week, and then we're going to go to Psalms. So if you'd stand for the reading of the word, we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 6. This is our, our warrior verse, verse 10 and 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then Proverbs chapter 23, verse 26. My son, give me your heart. And finally in Psalms 51, starting in verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me to the joy of your salvation. And uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners will be converted to you. Father, create in us a clean heart. A godly heart. One that is after you and you alone. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God is calling us to go deeper, to be more passionate and more committed than we have ever been and ever seen in our lifetime. I believe God is calling this generation, this moment in history, for there to be a remnant of people that will go deeper, who will choose to go go after God more committed than they've ever seen or been a part of. Because I don't think we've seen the commitment level that God has called and is looking for in our generation. He's longing for us to say, yes, I'll be that person. I'll be that team. I'll be that church that says, I will go deeper. I will go more, get more committed. And I will go after you, God, like no one has ever gone after you before in our generation. He's looking for people who will stand up and go after him. He longs to pour out his spirit on us. Will we deal with our heart and ask him to give us a new heart, a clean heart, and a surrendered heart? Last week, we heard how God wants to give us a new heart, one of flesh. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. In the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Are you all in? God, here's my heart. Give me a new one. Take take out the wicked one and give me a new heart. Many of us have maybe even done that. And we've said, God, take out that wicked heart. And we've given our heart to him. But how many of us 
have grown to that place where our heart has grown cold, grown content, become unclean, where we've compromised and allowed sin to settle in, where dirt has settled in. You know, have you ever had that, that room that you don't use very often in your house? And all of a sudden, somebody's going to come and visit and want to stay, and, oh, i got to go get that room ready. And you go in and you find all kinds of dirt and dust. You go, how in the world did I let it get like this? Well, you didn't use it. You didn't take care of it. That's our heart sometimes. We get so focused in life. We get so focused on the things of this world. We get so focused on the way that we're supposed to be making money and supposed to be living life and and doing the things of, of this world that we forget to take care of the things of our heart. And sometimes it gets dirty. And we compromise. And we get things in our heart that no longer should be there. But we've let it in. And when we've let that stuff in and it gets dirty, we say to ourselves, well, how come, you know, it's easy to skip church. It's, or even go to church, but maybe just, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to go all in. I don't have to worship. I don't have to sing. I can just, I can just be here. Or I go to church and I go and I go, man, I was really boring. I really didn't enjoy that because that heart has gotten dirty. That heart has grown cold and we don't let God in. There becomes a barrier between us and him. God wants to to take our hearts and give us a cleansing today. I might have shared this illustration more than once, but you ever been in that place where you just get out and get really dirty and gross? Our daughter worked for Joy Ranch up in Watertown, and she'd do that during the summers, Kayla, and she would work in the horse barn, and she would get dirty. Well, the day that we were to leave to go out to Rapid City to have Amy's wedding— Kayla came flying home after being in the horse barn. And it had been raining and it was gross and it was disgusting. And she didn't clean up before she came to my house. She brought a pair of shoes into my house that immediately intoxicated the whole house. You needed to get a, something to fumigate the place, it was disgusting. Dirty, smelly, gross. And she stunk just as bad. And she knew it. We took the shoes and we threw them out in the backyard until we got back from the wedding and they went in the trash can. But you know, when you get that dirty and that grime and that gross, 
It's just a gross feeling. But what a feeling it is to go stand in the shower and wash, watch the dirt wash off and the smell and the gross. And you replace that horse smell with some type of beautiful, refreshing shampoo. And that's gone. And you wash that dirt away. That is what God offers us. He's calling us to clean up our hearts. He wants to take the dirt, the sin, the grime, the things that weigh us down, the things that keep us from being all that he's called us to be. And he wants us to wash, he wants to wash it away for us. Gone. Cleansed. You see, I still have record of Kayla walking into my house stinking like that. I will never forget that day. But let me tell you, when God washes our sins away, the filth, the smell, the disgust of our sin, and sometimes it's pretty ugly, he doesn't hold record. <laughs> when I go back and say, do you remember, God, when I came and, and confessed all that stuff to you? He goes, not really. It's gone. I forgave it. I cleansed you. I washed it down the drain, and I left it down the drain. I didn't go dig it back up because I am God, and I'm cleansing you. I want to clean your heart. You see, we, one of the things that happens when God begins to move, and I don't know if you've been paying attention to, to what's happening across the nation, there are pockets of revival breaking out across the land, and there are some good things beginning to happen by God's power. We're not just this little place in South Dakota that's experiencing a little bit of something, but there's some bigger things happening across this country. There's pockets of churches and, and, and college campuses that are beginning to experience an outpouring of His Spirit. And, it, and one of the things that highlights that is that there is a running to the altar to repent. It's a cleansing. But we have to have a heart that's willing to be cleansed. We have to have a heart. God's not going to pour out his spirit if he knows that we're not going to be willing to repent. And sometimes... That repentance means that, you know, God's got to go a little bit deeper than just, just rubbing, running water over us. He's got to get the scrub brush out. And he's got to dig some things. Because some of our sin has been pretty inset in us for a long time. Well, I'm a believer. I go to church every week. I love the Lord. I love what happened this morning. I'm excited about what God... There's dirt there that God wants to cleanse us of. There's things there that God needs to take care of in our hearts, and he wants us to get rid of it. I don't think we have to be perfect for God to pour out his spirit, but we have to be ready to respond 
when he pours out his spirit to his conviction and his call on us to cleanse ourselves and turn from our wicked ways. Look at some of the, the passages that the Word of God talks about this cleansing process. Ezekiel 36, 25. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Joel chapter 2. Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. And so rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind. In Psalms 51, we read just a few moments ago, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit, but restore the joy of my salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. This is the God that we serve. This is the passion of his heart that we would cleanse our hearts. Cleansing takes two parts. You got to get in the shower to get clean. You've got to get in the presence of God and let him cleanse you. You've got to put yourself in a place where you're willing to let God reveal the dirt and to remove the dirt. Unfortunately, what happens is that sometimes and a lot of times is we like our dirt. We like right where we are because everything we're focused on is about now. And so a little dirt, a little sin, we just like it. And we refuse to let God get there, come in there, and clean it. We refuse to say, God, change me, cleanse me, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Because what we want to do is just go back to what I've talked about over and over again. We just think that if we just stay, well, I prayed a prayer somewhere along the way, and somehow I got punched my ticket to heaven, and nothing can keep me from there, I'm okay. And God says, I want to cleanse you. I want to change you. I want to redeem you. But you've got to put yourself in a place. You've got to put yourself in a place. I believe that we live in the most compromising generation in history. And that goes back even to some of the Old Testament where we watched them walk away from God. We have called sin good. In fact, I believe that we've called sin godly in sometimes. We've got to get back on track. And we've got to get on our face before God and say, God, 
reveal to me where my sin is, where my dirt is, where I need you to cleanse me. The second part of that is God's part. When I repent, and, and let, let's go back to our part for just a moment. Repent, what does that mean? It means to turn from your sin. It means to turn, do a, a 180 degree turn and say, I'm not gonna do that again. That's not my who I am. That's not what I'm doing. Does it mean that you'll never sin again? No, you probably will because you're human. But, God's, but you're saying to God, I'm not doing that again. My repentance is I am not intentionally going to try to go do that again. I'm done with that. Rip it out of my life. And sometimes that's what it takes for God to tear it out of your life. And it hurts. Because it's ingrained, it has grown deep, and it hurts because it's there. But God wants to cleanse you. And that's his part. He comes, and when you repent, he forgives. He takes your sin, and he washes it as far as the east is from the west. He says he makes us white as snow. You know what snow looks like this year? (laughs) What we got out there now isn't so white anymore, but when it first comes down, it's pretty precious-looking stuff. Beautiful, white, crisp, clean. That's what he wants to do in our hearts. To make us pure before him. That's what he does. He makes us clean. Remember that feeling in the shower when all that dirt washes away? and You've been grimy and gross and it's all gone. And you come out of the shower feeling fresh and anew. That's what God wants to do. He wants to give you a new, restore that joy of your salvation. He wants to renew that in you. Hallelujah. So this morning, God specifically spoke a couple of things into my heart. There's some of us sitting in this room today whom God is speaking to that you need to cleanse your heart. I think we all need to come to this altar and say, God, show me, because I'm sure there's something that he can find in all of us that we can need to come and turn to him and let him. But there's some people that God specifically spoke to me, and I'm not saying he gave me your name or your face or a specific sin that you're doing. That I'm not going there this morning. But I am telling you that God is saying that there's something rooted inside of you. You've sat in the pew. You've labeled yourself a Christian. You said, yeah, I'm a good person. I do all the right things. I say the right things. But God said, your heart is not right with him. Your heart is far from me. It may be habits in your life that you do that you have decided that are more important than God. It may be hobbies that you have determined to spend your money and life on that are more important than God. Maybe a job. It may be, I don't know what it is. I, I just know there's something in your heart that God is saying, you need to cleanse me. Let him cleanse. And it's been there for a while. And I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. You already know it's there. And you know it needs to be dealt with. But you've refused. 
God wants to give you a clean heart today. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to say, oh, how wicked you are. We're all there. We've all got sin. We've all got bad things in our lives that we do. We've all done them. And if you say you haven't, you're lying. And now you need to get to the altar. But I am telling you this. If you will surrender it to him and say, God, here's my heart. You can have it. Cleanse it. I'm done playing games. I'm done walking in my ways. I'm done doing things my way. I'm ready to do them your way. He's going to pour out his spirit on you. And you are going to receive a cleansing that is going to make you feel free and clean like you have never felt before. In fact, I think it might even be better than the moment you receive salvation because this time around, you're getting the full package. You're giving it all back to God. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. I simply just want to invite you to the altar and say, God, would you, would you reveal in me, God, any wicked way? Would you show me, God, what needs to be cleansed? And then as he shows you and he reveals that, would you turn it back to him and say, okay, God, I have failed. I found the dirt. Would you cleanse me and wash me white as snow? God, would you come and do a work in me today? And you can walk out of here as clean and as pure and as holy. You can restore the joy of your salvation. Would you come? Would you come and find a place at this altar and just ask God to do a heart search on you this morning? To do a heart search on you. God, was there any wicked way in me? Is there any dirt that needs to be dealt with this morning? God, would you come and cleanse my heart? Would you come, God? Help me deal with this, God. I don't want to leave here the same as I came. I want to be pure before you. 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 Cleanse my heart, oh God. Cleanse my heart, oh God. Cleanse my heart. Show me, God. I want to be pure. I want to be pure. I want to be pure before you. Oh, God, show us. Show us, God. May none of us think that we're above you, God, above this, God, that there's something in our heart this morning that needs to be touched by you, God. Would you come? Reveal to us, God. Reveal to us any wicked way. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.